Welcome to the NRL Fantasy Podcast brought to you by Huey Insurance. We have a 95% customer satisfaction rating. Now that's an impressive stat. For a better insurance experience, think Huey. It is NRL Fantasy Podcast time and is the biggest week of the year and surely the biggest podcast of the year. There is so much to talk about. Round one teams have dropped. Um, there's a few kind of things that have been confirmed. There's a lot more things that are complete surprises. Um, there's a bit of value. There's some cheapies. There's some rookies. There's some shocks. There's so much to talk about. Don Brock, is your head still spinning? Bit of everything today. Yeah, very busy day in the NRL.com office. Uh, tons of news out of the team list as we expected. I'll have to change my team a few times between now and uh, Thursday night, but uh, that's all part of the fun, so um, let's take a look at them. Yeah, I'll, uh, I stopped changing my team a few days ago because I knew <laughs> I was going to need to make a lot more changes after tonight, and it certainly panned out that way. We're going to go through game by game, I think, so we'll start on Thursday night with the Storm up against the Broncos. Um, probably not too many surprises here because both these teams were out earlier in the week. Um, any major talking points you wanted to toss into these ones? Um, yeah, as you say, we kind of knew these teams already. The Storm had only named their squad, I think, on the weekend, not their 1-17. to But um, it's pretty much as expected. Jerome Hughes is the new fullback in place of Billy Slater with Scott Drinkwater out injured for quite a while. Um, otherwise, no huge surprises. Um, uh, Joe Stimson is out injured. He's got a back injury. Uh, Kenny Bromwich is starting in his place in the second row. Um, we expect Stimson to probably come back into that starting side sooner rather than later, but uh, we'll wait and see. Otherwise, it's a pretty familiar-looking Melbourne team that's you know dominated the last few years. Yep, absolutely. And uh, Brisbane, not too many surprises there, I don't think, either. Uh, Thomas Flegler, um, the, the debutante prop in the absence of suspended Payne Hask, Tony Staggs on the bench, I don't think is an option, um, given his limited minutes in that particular role. Uh, Matt Gillett at Lockwith. Uh, to be at a Pango Jr. on the bench. Um, not too many of those guys look like buyers to me. Yeah, there's a lot of good forwards in that team. The Gillette at Lock is an interesting one. Do you think that's going to be long-term or just an easing him back in um, from injury with limited minutes? Gillette's been an edge second rower forever, really. Well, he's been purely an edge, yeah, and yeah. he's been like sort of one of the first picks edges for, for Queensland and Australia for a lot of that time. Yeah. Um, do they really need him in the middle? There's quite a few middles. I don't know. I mean, they've got a, quite a few edges as well. So David Fafita, who a lot of people um, are rating very highly, uh, he's only on the bench. Uh, he's probably a starter at lots of other teams. Mm. Um, Alex Glenn was great in the trials. Uh, Jaden Sewer was really solid, solid last year. He's got the other second row spot. So I suppose if they, you know, you don't want too many edge second rowers on your bench you know you can play mm. big minutes so you don't need a lot of uh, players to do it so I can kind of see the logic there but um, yeah we expect Pangai Jr. to be pushing for that starting lock spot in the next few weeks maybe yeah he did have a bit of a hammy strain in the trials he did well. exactly so um, but they've got to fit in all these players somewhere like Gillette's probably got to start mm. Alex Glenn's got to start on current form Sewell was really good last year as I said so yeah, welcome mm. headache for Anthony yeah. Seibel. In terms of fantasy question about Gillette, I think he's almost certainly underpriced compared to what we can expect him to score, but whether sure. he makes enough to be worth a trade or to be worth keeping, it's, yeah. it's another question. I mean, his minutes this week could be anything, really. Especially his first game back from exactly, that neck yeah. uh, injury that um, ruined his, his 2018 season. Let's have a look at the Knights and the Sharks, 6pm at McDonald Jones Stadium. Lots more to talk about in these ones. Um, in terms of the Knights, um, we knew most of it. I think probably the surprise, the question mark was assuming Heimel Hunt is fit mm -hmm. and that pushes Sione into the pack, who misses out. 
and we kind of had it down to probably Mitch Barnett or Herman Sasa, and it has been Herman Sasa was one mm. of their best forwards last year. Unfortunately for him, is pushed out of the seventeen. Uh, Barnett keeps a bench spot. Um, Sione, uh, basically priced as a centre due to his playing at centre last year, back in the forwards where he can score well, but also for those of us who were around in 2017 will remember um, when he's not scoring well, he is picking up quite a few head knocks. So hopefully he can avoid that this year. Yeah, definitely. The good news for him is that, um, you know, in terms of his chances of playing in the forward pack for good is that they do have Heimel Hunt and Tata Monga there now. So a bit of depth in the centres. Monga's injured, so... Uh, Hunt is starting. Mm. Mong is uh, actually named in reserve grade this week. Oh, he is. Okay. Late-breaking podcast news for there you. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah, SES is a surprise one. He was great, as you said, yep. last year. It kind of shows how much depth they have in their forward pack. All of a sudden, Newcastle, um, the pressure will be on the guys who are in that 17 to perform with someone like SESE uh, hot on their heels uh, in the reserves. Otherwise, yeah, not a lot new fantasy-wise. Um, Kalen Pong is very expensive, very popular. We, we have said a lot in the last few weeks, we think he'll probably drop a little, if anything. Yep. Um, Jesse Ramins could be one of the gun centres, but not overly cheap. Mm. Um, one of yeah. the big talking points from the trials was how much they struggled to spread the ball to the right with yeah. Ponga favouring the left. So that might take a little bit of time to sort out. So Ramian might get a bit of a price correction before then becoming a, a keeper in the centres as yeah. well. Yeah, I could see the team in general taking a little while to get... Yeah, know, a lot of changes. A lot of changes. I mean, the Roosters last year made a few changes and they were slow by their standards Certainly. before clicking into gear later in the year. So the Knights might be a bit slow out of the blocks. We'll move on to the Sharks. And there were a few question marks over this one. Um, Rumours for the last week or two that Britton Nakora was going to start in the second row alongside Kurt Capewell rather than Scott Sorensen. And that has eventuated with Sorensen named outside the 17. Debutant Nakora looking an absolute bargain by uh, in the back row, uh, especially as a dual position centre. Um, elsewhere, Blake Braley, was it a broken thumb in the trials? Yeah. Um, a little bit surprising that he's back for round one, but uh, good news for him. Um, James Seguiaro not currently available um, with some salary cap considerations. Um, Bronson Sherry misses out in the back line, which was widely expected for the last couple of weeks. And uh, Jack Williams, who Paul Gallon has anointed as his successor as the hardworking lock forward in jersey number 17. Who from this team are you buying? So I know it's going to be someone. Yeah, probably both those uh, second rowers. So Britton Nakora is very cheap. Kurt Capewell is also cheap. Um, they look like having those two starting spots for a while if they play well enough. Um, yeah, uh, Nakora is basically base price, so great buy there. Um, Blake Braley, I mean, not really fantasy relevant, but interesting that he's got a spot on the um, on the bench. There's a lot of raps about him, whether he can be better than his brother Jaden, you know, and that could happen you know, mm. soon. So there's a lot of competition there between those two. Um, Otherwise, Andrew Fafita's a fantasy monster, so he'll be in a lot of teams, probably mine, and I think that will just about do it. Uh, any others in that back line? I think Bronson Sherry is one to wait for. Rather yeah, than Sherry once he comes in. The good news for Sherry, I think, is he's probably next cab off the rank for anyone in the back seven, yeah. just because of, you know, Moylan can play in the halves, Dugan can play at fullback. Um, there's a few versatile guys there, so I think, Sherry comes in at centre or wing for literally any injury in that in that back seven, so he's probably going to get a chance. You would think as, as soon as there's any injury or if it's not clicking after a few weeks, I definitely want to put on the watch list there. Um, the uh, the big Friday night clash, the grudge match, uh, Roosters up against the Rabbitohs. Um, Roosters 
certainly not one of the teams who are waiting on their team list for uh, any fantasy shocks. The mm. only real surprise is that um, Angus Crichton's going to be eased back from a shoulder reconstruction via the interchange with Mitch Orbison to start. Um, it's not a huge surprise given Crichton's played 50 or 60 minutes in the last nearly five months now um, since going under the knife when the, the bunnies were knocked out at the end of last year. So he'll uh, hopefully be a, um, a cheap pickup in a couple of weeks, yeah, probably true. starting next week. But if he uh, if he's off the bench for a few weeks, then he might be a nice buy in a, in a month or two. Yeah, as we've said, the Roosters um, started slow last year. I think they were quite happy to do that. Um, it's a long time, 25 rounds before the finals, and you don't need to pick too soon, so they're not going to rush one of their star signings uh, in Crichton. So, yeah, we expect him to be starting probably next week. Um, don't get sucked into buying Mitchell Orbison. <laughs> starting in cheap. I uh, talked about this over the last few years. Um, uh, he is a bit of a trap. Otherwise, uh, Tedesco's obviously a fantastic fantasy buy. There's a bit of hype about Brett Morris at the start of the year because of his um, World Club Challenge performance. Mm. But I think the number of rookie wingers, and we'll get to a few more exactly, of them, is, yeah. is going to put Brett Morris out of a, a lot of teams. Definitely. Uh, Latrell Mitchell's great, but not cheap. So, yeah, not a lot of you know real value in that Roosters team. They're a great team. We know what mm. they can do, um, but not a lot of new faces. Give us some numbers on Victor Radley because I know a lot of people are asking about Victor Radley. I don't quite see enough upside to find a spot for him currently in my 25, but I know a lot of people are looking at him. Yeah, it's been a funny one because people have been uh, up and down on whether he was going to start at lock this year, and I was pretty confident the whole time that he was. He did in the grand final. He did in the World Club Challenge. Um, It doesn't mean he's going to play massive minutes, probably around 50, maybe less. Um, They've got Isaac Liu, who's been... You know, interchanging with him uh, recently and playing reasonable minutes as well. So if I had to guess, I would say Radley plays 50 minutes a game. Uh, he's priced as a 34-point player, I believe, so he could easily score at upwards of 40. You want him scoring probably 45. Uh, if you buy him and he does that, then job done. That's great. Yeah. If you buy him and he scores 38 or 40 or something, exactly. then it's a bit of a waste and you're just kind of stuck with a mid-ranger and you want to jump off. So a little bit of a gamble, but he'll definitely improve at, you know, to some level, I, I think. We'll have a look at the uh, the Bunnies, and their back line is basically as per the NRL.com. Um, early mail on Monday via Michael Chamis with um, Greg Inglis switching sides to cover up uh, Latrell Mitchell, uh, Braden Burns taking the other centre spot, and Dean Gagai in the wing. No place in that back five for Corey Allen, who has been named perhaps interestingly in mm. jersey number 17. Yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? Um, do we expect he's actually going to be a... A backline utility on game day? Possibly. The reason I think he might is because um, from all reports, and we had uh, Greg Inglis in the studio on Monday this week, um, possibly a bit less than 100% certain to play GI. And if he does play, I think it'd be worth carrying a, a back on yep. the bench. Um, a little bit like I was talking about with the, the Sharks earlier, quite a few utility guys there who can play a couple of different well, spots as da- well. Dan Gay guy's named on the wing, so he's an obvious one, can just move to centre and Corey Allen can come in on the wing. Yeah, uh, Johnson can go to the wing if they want to play Allen at fullback. So yeah, a lot of options there. Um, pretty bad news if you want to buy Corey Allen in your fantasy mm. team. Um, he could play very limited minutes, if any, if they uh, do run out as they've been named. Um, the big news fantasy-wise is Cameron Murray, as we expected, is starting at lock. Sam Burgess moving to the uh, edge second row, which is great for uh, Murray's scoring potential. Um, Maybe good for Burgess as well. He'll play 80 minutes. Just depends if he has more good or bad in his game. Um, awesome mm. player, just hasn't really been as super fantasy-relevant in the last few years. 
The um, other thing that makes me think they're going to keep Corey Allen on the bench is how many big minute guys there are in that pack. You look yeah. at um, Sutton and Burgess probably looking at 80 each in yep. the, the second row, and Cam Murray's good for big minutes in the middle, which leaves Liam Knight, Mark Nichols, and Ethan Lowe all uh, all vying for their chance when when they finally get on. So I think you can probably afford to to carry a back on the bench. Um, Knight, Nichols, and Lowe, obviously George Burgess, due back in a few weeks. I don't yep. really see any fantasy value in those yeah. guys. Yeah, and ditto... Um, Tavita Tatola is starting for uh, George Burgess. He'll get three weeks probably starting. Burgess is out for three weeks, um, which is good, but Tatola's fantasy record isn't great. Uh, Even with decent minutes, he tends to score higher 20s. He's priced low 20s, maybe 21 or something, so not really a great value option there. Um, The other one to mention, obviously, is Damien Cook, best player in fantasy last year. Uh, He's playing fantasy this year himself. You can put him in your own fantasy league, uh, which is great. Picked his own team, loving it. Um, Awesome player. We've kind of said he's so expensive that you might be better off looking elsewhere this year, but who knows if he bashes out 80 points in round one, everyone will be snapping him up. So, um, yeah. Have a look at the um, Warriors and the Bulldogs. Quite a few talking points here. Um, the Warriors bear in mind that Isaiah Papali'i is out for one week with a suspension for a low-range stink driving charge um, picked up recently, which means Adam Blair is starting on an edge and Lachlan Burr, the former Bulldog and Titan, I believe, mm-hmm. is starting at lock. I know he's caught a few eyes. Um, Adam Kieran, probably the biggest talking point there, starting at 5'8", alongside Blake Green, having held off a challenge from Chanel Harris-Tavita, who is outside the 17. Um, Forwards-wise, Lisa Armour, who a few of us thought might be a little bit value as a gun starter, is uh, is going to retain his bench impact weapon status uh, at the Warriors, it turns out. Yeah, so you can almost put a line through Armour, I think, in terms of getting huge minutes. They already have a huge minute interchange player, and that's Jazz Tavunga. Um, yeah, uh, Kieran is probably must-have, we think. Uh, base price, half. Uh, he's probably got that spot all season if he plays all right. Um, Lachlan Burr, any thoughts on that one? Is it going to be a very, very short run in the starting team? For those of us who remember or owned Lachlan Burr in his time at the Titans, um, it'll be once bitten, twice shy. Quite twice shy. I can't That's talk. the one. A lot of missed tackles, I recall, in his stats lines, which isn't great for fantasy. Um, bit of a journeyman-type player. Um, certainly wholehearted, but whether he's going to get you any big stats in fantasy is another question. And obviously, if Papali'i comes back next week on an edge and pushes Blair to lock, then Burr's straight back to either the bench or the reserves. So yeah. I think, just given the other options available, this could be a little bit of a trap. Yeah, he played well in the trials, caught the eye a bit, Burr, but um, trials are trials, and yep. you can't always read too much into that um, against full-strength teams. So, yeah, I mean, if he wows it this week, then he could hold on to a starting spot or at least get decent minutes on the bench. He's very cheap, but, um, yeah, it is a bit of a risk. Uh, have a look at the Bulldogs team. We had pretty much their forward pack as is on NRL.com yesterday. The one curveball that got thrown is uh, recruit Nick Meany has not made the 17. Will Hopawati is going to continue on as the fullback. Um, and perhaps strangely, um, Josh Jackson hinted this to me yesterday when I was out at Belmore. They were going to um, break up that right side combination between himself, Kerrit Holland and Remus Smith. What that looks like meaning is that Kerrit Holland is going to be the left side centre along with Christian Crichton and Marcelo Montoya is now a centre on the right edge um, alongside Remus Smith. Yeah, how do you think this is going to go? I mean, they've got... It's not the team I'd have picked. Yeah, they do have options if it doesn't work great to reshuffle. With Definitely. Hopper Whitey moving to the centres uh, and Meany at fullback. But, I mean, Hopper Whitey was pretty effective at fullback last 
uh, year. His his stats are really great for run meters and mm. and things. And he had one massive game um, for memory uh, in fantasy. Ten tackle busts and ten offloads. Or exactly. Like yeah. Um, Otherwise, in that back line, Kerrod Holland is a bit of a fantasy talking point. He was fantastic uh, stats-wise in the run home last season when the Dogs um, got a few surprise wins. Um, I assume he's going to be kicking goals as well in this team. So, Well, yeah, Reese Martin we haven't talked about yet, but yeah. he misses the um, the 17 um, or misses the 21 altogether. He's named yeah. in reserve grade, yeah, so he's obviously uh, got to do a bit of work to impress Dean Payne enough to get back in the side. So Holland definitely the goal kicker for now. Yeah, so a bit to like there with Holland. He's not, you know, super cheap. I think his price is a 30-point player. He could score 40 and up. Uh, he scored, I think, 45 a game. Uh, in that run last year. I mean, it depends a little bit on how you think the Bulldogs are going to go in attack in general. Um, but, you know, a bit to like there. Um, yeah, Reece Are Martin. you in the two front rowers as well, Tolman yeah, and Yeah, definitely, definitely. So Tolman's uh, played big minutes and done a lot of defensive work in the past um, when uh, he's been the, the main, you know, front rower workhorse type. Um, which he is again now. Dylan Up is his partner, who's more of an impact guy. But again, his uh, minutes should go up this year compared to last year at the Roosters. So, yeah, two kind of mid-range cash cow options there. I'll have a look at the Tigers and the Sea Eagles. A um, few little surprises. The Tigers, uh, it turns out, are missing Moses Embai, mm. um, who did take part in the trials but um, suffered a PCL injury over the off-season. So he's absent with a knee injury for round one, which means Corey Thompson at fullback, um, Mahe Fanu and Robert Jennings on the wings. Paul Momorowski makes his club debut at centre alongside um, known fantasy gun SR Masters, <laughs> who should be get good again this year. Um, Josh Reynolds misses the 17 altogether. Uh, they've actually gone mm. with a four-forward bench. Um, so Benji Marshall's the six, and there's four forwards on the bench, which includes debutante Thomas McKayley, who's a prop, um, and with Chris Lawrence also out injured, Luke Garner starts in the second row. Yeah, so Garner's probably the best fantasy buy if he holds that starting spot. He's uh, very cheap. Um, Lawrence is going to miss a few months, we think. Uh, broken jaw, yes. facial injury, pretty nasty injury all around. Um, yeah, in the back line, uh, Embi being out makes it a you know raises a lot of questions about what that back five is going to look like when he comes back. Mm. Uh, Corey Thompson could go to the wing, and then you know Jennings or Fanua could drop out, or they could move to the centres, and Momorowski could drop out. Masters is safe, and then other than that, I'm not really sure. There's a lot of ways they could go. Mm. It sounds like Masters obviously is safe. It sounds like Momorowski's probably got that other centre yep. spot to lose um, if Mbai were to come back next week what I think would probably happen is Thompson to a wing and Fanua out mm-hmm. um, but obviously from this point onwards with Mbai not being there everyone's got a chance to impress in uh, exactly, in yeah. NRL so it's going to come down to who plays the best yeah and the you know Manly wasn't great last year this is definitely a chance for the Tigers to get a win if they get a big win it's going to be hard to drop any of those guys so yeah we'll wait and see how they look uh, in the coming weeks but yeah as I said fantasy wise Garner's the cheapy Ryan Madison's a possible cut price gun scored really well um in his big minute games at the roosters last year can score a try gets through a lot of defense he should be playing 80 minutes you'd expect most weeks for the tigers he's one of their senior forwards Mm. now at his team um otherwise there any real buys that you like in that side at the moment i've got um luke garner and i think that's it for uh for tigers in my 17 i can sort of make an argument for one or two others but uh, a little bit risky especially like you say with those back five and and what's going to happen moving forward 
Um, taking a look at Manly, so the latest on them, Tom Travojevic uh, did train this week, but not named in the 21 with that hammy strain, still estimated as a round three return. Um, Corey Waddell, who a few people were expecting to be a, a smoky, mm. is sidelined indefinitely with rib cartilage damage, so he's not in the frame at the moment. Um, and Taniela Paseka also due back in a couple of weeks, which could mean one of Toff Sipley or... Tanganoa drops out if he gets preferred, but that's much of a muchness. Um, for fantasy purposes, uh, Ruben Garrick, named to debut on the wing, I think is one probably worth considering. Brendan Elliott at fullback, that's a short-term job. Although, does he potentially go to the wing if, if Turbo comes back? Yeah, exactly. It's a bit of a battle between those two, perhaps, in the opening few rounds. They're both very cheap in fantasy. Elliott's been around for a while, but uh, his scores haven't been great uh, of late, so he's quite cheap. Garrick's a rookie, uh, so he'll be popular, although playing on the wing for... A bottom eight team last mm. year. Um, his scores will be a bit of a lottery early on. Uh, Kane LG is into the straight into the starting team uh, at six. They do have another option there with Hodkinson on the bench. So, yep. uh, hard to see which you know if Hodkinson is going to get massive minutes necessarily. But see how they go. Uh, Marty Depau is and Jake Trebojevic are the other two really popular fantasy buys uh, with good reason. Been great mm. scorers for years. Uh, anything else? Sirenin could be a, a Mid-range, yeah. cheapy as well. Certainly a discouraging injury history. Yeah. Um, I was just going to add Reed Garrick that he's probably more of a centre than he is a winger. So if he does play yeah. well and um, Turbo comes back, he could even you know be vying with Brad Parker for a, a centre spot. So um, certainly a chance to stake his claim there. Uh, forward pack-wise, I've got Jake Travojevic my team at the moment. He'll be a gun this year. He's a captaincy option. Um, Tapao... I don't have, but I can. Yeah, he's one of those top few yep. guns that is uh, going to be safe once again. Um, for the rest of the team, bear in mind that Manasseh Fanu, the hooker who was good at the end of last year, is suspended this week, I think, or unavailable this week and back next week. Is that that sounds that right? <laughs> um, he said confidently. So before you get too excited about, well, yeah, I think he probably just comes straight back in for Trent Hawkinson, if if anyone. So yep. um, not too much doing fantasy-wise there. Jump ahead to the Cowboys and the Dragons. It was a very strange-looking back five named for the Cowboys mm. when we first saw it, but it turns out Kyle Felt has uh, strained his groin and yep. he's going to be out for a little bit. Um, ben Hampton hasn't made the 17, which is maybe a tiny bit of a surprise. What that looks like is David Bowen and Nena McDonald on the wings with Justin O'Neill and Tom Opacek in the centres. David Bowen, nice and cheap, but does he miss out when um, when Cole Felt returns? Probably makes it a bit too risky for mine. Yeah, I would expect so. He'd drop straight out when Felt comes back. Uh, Hampton was a real surprise for me. I thought it was quite good last year uh, in the centres um, and at fullback when he got a chance there. Mm. Uh, Kahu's straight in at fullback and he'll be popular in fantasy. He'll kick goals. Uh, he should get through a fair bit of work as a fullback. He's... Um, uh, pretty cheap. I think his break mm. evens around twenty. So historical points per minute performances haven't been great. great. He hasn't got too much time at fullback, to be fair. But um, yeah, we'll wait and see how that. If he can hit thirty points a game with goals as a fullback, which should be achievable, then uh, that'll do. Uh, Tomorrow, Martin, as we expected, has pipped uh, Jake Clifford to the five-eighth spot. Um, otherwise, Tom Alolo, There was a bit of talk. Uh, in preseason, because he played one trial game on the edge, uh, he is back at lock with Josh Maguire coming mm. off the bench, um, which does make a lot of sense. Cohen House and Gavin Cooper are the starting second rowers. So, yeah, they've got a really good forward pack, especially in the middle with Maguire as a bench player. But um, fantasy wise, it doesn't really mm. help any of them. 
That is pretty ridiculous depth, and Scott Bolton to come back. You would think from that 17 probably displaces Francis Molo, but, yeah, a lot of um, good forwards vying with each other for minutes there. I can't really justify buying any of them in fantasy, I don't think. People talking about Maguire being value, but certainly not from the uh, the interchange. Not as a bench player behind those middles, yeah. Take a look at the Dragons. Um, The bombshell on Monday was that Zach Lomax was going to miss the 17 um, for Michaela Ravalawa, and so it has turned out to be um, Lomax... It must be said, didn't do himself too many favours in the trials. Yep. Although, you know, like we said, trials are just trials. But um, Ravalawa, conversely, did extremely well. Um, probably had a, a couple of issues under the high ball in the charity shield. But the um, the previous trial against the Knights, he yeah, scored a very impressive a solo try um, and one other try as well. So um, he's in there at the moment. Um, Lomax will continue to pressure Aitken and Lafai for a spot. Um, potentially could come in on the wing if uh, Ravalawa or Pereira don't go too well. Yeah, I think that's more it that Ravalara is a is a genuine winger and Lomax isn't. Exactly. So, you know, an obvious advantage there and again playing pretty well in the trial, so he'll be a fairly popular one as well, bit of a tackle breaker. If he has a big game early on, then his price will start rising uh, quickly. Uh, he's the only real option in that back line that I'm mm. loving fantasy wise. Um, and the forward pack as well. Uh, Jacob Host is the man in with Jack DeBellin out as we expected. Host we all put, wanted Leilua, but it's we wanted Leilua. Host is cheaper, but Leilua's scoring has been much better in the past. So um, yeah, Host. It's a bit of a mystery whether he'll keep that spot long term or whether mm. uh, Corbin Sims, when he comes back in two weeks from suspension, will bump him out. They have reshuffled the back the back row to get him in. So like. Tyson Frizzell's moved to lock from second row yeah. to get host in. So you could argue if they were planning on bringing Corbin Sims straight back in as a lock in round three, maybe they'd just play another middle forward just to hold that spot. Blake Laurie in the starting exactly. spot for yeah. two weeks and rather than sort of having all that disruption. Yeah, it's a fair argument. Um, does Corbin just come straight back on the bench in place of Laurie or Lattimore or does he... That could easily happen. And yeah. if that happens, then host plays... What as an edge second row, he should play 55 minutes and up. Mm. Even if he doesn't score great, you know, while he's on the field, he can get 30s out of that, and he's cheap enough that that's probably good enough if he gets 30, 35 a game fantasy wise. So, you know, it's a gamble that could pay off. Just don't be stunned if he doesn't get a huge score this mm. week. There's talk that um, so obviously for the majority of last year, Kurt Mann was coming on and spelling Jack DeBellin at the lock position. Sounds like this year what's going to happen is uh, Matt Dufty comes on at fullback, which involves a spine reshuffle and Cameron McInnes going to lock. Um, remains to be seen. That's a big change we're making yeah. every game, um, which, I mean, probably, if anything, would be good for Hunt's scoring so he gets some more tackles at hooker yep. and yep. not too bad for McInnes' scoring either because he's still doing lots of defence in the middle and, and playing 80 or close to it, but... Few too many question marks. Yeah. Like and even if that happens guys. this week, it, it is such a kind of drastic change. It's mm. hard to know if that will happen every round, you know, for 25 rounds. So uh, who knows? I mean, this is the time to try these things out and see what works. But um, yeah, as you say, it maybe helps Hunt, but otherwise not that fantasy relevant, I think. Battle of the West on Sunday afternoon, Penrith Panthers and the Eels. Um, the Panthers out there have gone, as we expected, with Edwards at fullback and Dylan Martinez Lesniak after an injury-interrupted preseason on the wing. Um, obviously, Viliami Kikau injured his knee in the trials, so for the next few weeks we've got Jack Hetherington starting in the second row. Um, Sione Katoa and Wade Egan both in the 17. Katoa starting Egan on the bench there, the two hookers. Um, Tyrell Formaono and Hame Selle both make their club debuts as bench forwards. 
anyone of interest here? Uh, not quite. I mean, almost. If Egan started, then he would be in. If Hamaselli got a start, then he'd be a, you know one of those cheap forwards. Mm. Um, I mean, Nathan Cleary is a out-and-out gun who was a little under his best last year for a patch in the middle of the season, so he's probably a good buy. Um, Dylan Edwards is another one who's possibly underpriced, possible keeper, um, one of those tackle-breaking, uh, you know, big run meter fullbacks that work so well in fantasy, so he's another one to watch. Otherwise, not really. I mean, Hetherington can score well. He gets himself into trouble a bit with the judiciary, but mm. you know that enthusiasm also means he makes lots of tackles, gets through a fair few metres. Um, is he going to have enough game time with Kikau out to make much of an impact? Yeah, I don't think so. And the, the penalties are an issue as well. And even the the aggression, like it's sort of, it's more stinging the tackles, but it's not necessarily more, more tackles. tackles. So, um, yeah, I don't really rate him as a, um, a fantasy buy. A few good talking points, though, in the Parramatta side, including a couple of debutants. Um, potentially a bit of a surprise to see Micah Sivo named to make his NRL debut on the wing um, George Jennings is out for the next few weeks with injury so it might be a short stint for, for Sivo at the start of the season so just be aware if you want to snap him up um, Dylan Brown the debutant in the Harms I think is probably close to the number one must have player in fantasy at the moment based off the team lists um, forward pack no major surprises Tepai Maroa is a starting prop he played in the middle through the trials um, he's there because Junior Paulo is in jersey 21 nursing a bit of a hammy strain um, and Penny Terrapo for disciplinary reasons is not in the team at the moment um, the second row pair Sean Lane and Murata Nyukore both those mid-range sort of options with mm-hmm. plenty of upside if they're going to play 80 minutes I can see an argument for either of those guys in your team are you eyeing off many eels well at least a couple um Dylan Brown, as you said, must have. Sivo uh, on the wing, big Fijian winger, mm. quick. As a Parramatta fan, you guys used to have a big Fijian winger <laughs> who was quite handy. Do you dare to dream? They're doing their best to replace <laughs> Semi Rodradra. Look, I think Blake Ferguson's going to make a big difference to them. Uh, Micah Sivo, he scored, I read today on Twitter, something like 85 tries in three years in reserve yeah. grade, so he can find the line. Obviously, there's a, a step up from, from Cup to NRL, but he's, uh, he's doing the right things. He, he did score a try two weeks ago against Penrith at Penrith, um, which is his former club, by the way, um, in the trial. So one to watch. And it's, you know, George Jennings, I think, would be there if he was fit, but he's not such an automatic pick mm. that, you know, if Sivo kills it for a couple of weeks, that he's going to get dropped. And wingers can do it. They can burst onto the scene and impress straight away sometimes. So the opportunity is there. Um, other than him, Reed Money, we've talked about a lot. Uh, he's at hooker. Um, he might not play 80 minutes. They've got Will Smith as a utility mm. on the bench. Um, is he still you know, a good enough option? 60 minutes could be enough for him to score the points he needs to make a lot of money in fantasy. I think he's probably going to get 60-ish minutes and he's probably going to make some money and it's probably not going to be enough to really be worthwhile. He yep. was in my team pretty much the whole way through the preseason um, and he's not going to be for round one, I don't think. I just... He's Points per minute, it's mostly tackles. I think with 60, uh, I'm not quite sold. Yep. Um, Brad Arthur does want a, a utility on the bench. A um, few rumours around that Matt McCurick's headed over um, Parramatta way. Regardless yeah. of whether that happens, I think it's going to be either McCurick or Smith. And I think Reed Marnie, not quite enough minutes to be uh, justifiable. Sean Lane's one you mentioned as well. He's, uh, he's not crazy cheap, but he's scored really well before in the past mm. uh, when playing 80 minutes. Uh, he did last year. Uh, the thing is, he knows the way to the try line. He scored a mm. lot of tries last year. It's hard to know if he keeps that up for the Eels. I mean, he was playing for Manly, who wasn't a great team either, but um, 
yeah, it, it, it's hard for a forward to be relying on on tries. Is, he, is that the reason why you would write him off as a fantasy option? Uh, he scored 11 tries last year, which I think was an equal best for Manly. He has scored, I think, at least one try. Um, I think he scored a try against Penrith in the trial, yep. so he started off as well. He had a couple of really nice runs. Um, on the left edge for, for Parramatta against Canberra in the previous trial. And I think he had one try Cisco begging when George Jennings dropped a, a ball with a line begging. So plenty of attacking form for Sean Lane through the trials. Priced at, what is it, about 42? Something like that, yeah. At the moment. And we think um, if you just go off his 80-minute games, his average was probably 50-ish. I think even higher, maybe. 50-plus. Yeah. Boosted by a lot of tries, exactly, obviously. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think he can... I'm sure he'll score more tries this year. I think he'll play big minutes. Looking at that bench, it's basically three props and a utility. Tim Manor, Kane Evans and David Gower. Evans, you would think, um, is the first man to go once Junior Paulo is yep. available um, and only in at the moment because obviously Terrapo also stood down. Um, but the yeah, the point of all that is I think Sean Lane pretty I mean, much guaranteed 80 exactly, if he doesn't yeah. get hurt. So, um, yeah, probably a low-risk option. I can't see him going backwards. Whether he scores enough to be worthwhile is the um, the other question. The uh, last but not least, Titans up against the Raiders. few surprises for the Titans. Um, well, not too many surprises. They were mostly reported um, over the last couple of weeks. But um, Anthony Don, fan favourite, cult hero, mm. has been dispatched to... Um, so the reserves list with uh, Brenko Lee tipping him out. Uh, new recruits, Tyron Peachy, Brian Kelly in the centres. Unsurprisingly, Tyron Roberts, Ash Taylor in the halves, Michael Gordon's the fullback. Um, Ryan James shifts to an edge, which we expected in a, a full-strength team with so many props available. Um, AJ Brimson on the interchange, not quite sure how they're going to use him yet. Uh, Bryce Cartwright is in a lot of teams and, and played big minutes in the trials in Jersey 17. Um I'm not really sold on as a bench player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Bryce Cartwright, we've talked about before. He's uh, very popular in fantasy because he was great once. Uh, but yeah, as a bench player, his minutes are going to be in question and he makes a lot of missed tackles, essentially. So his scoring is always a bit risky. Um, Jai Arrow's the real gun in that uh, forward pack. James as well, but he's more effective in the middle than he is on an edge, uh, generally speaking, in fantasy. Um, otherwise, the back line... Nothing really jumps out. Nope. I mean, Brimson was really good last year, and there was upside for him if he uh, stayed at fullback this year, but uh, he's not going to, which is mm. surprising some. Um, I'm pretty excited about the potential of AJ Brimson playing 20 minutes a week for six weeks and then becoming the starting fullback at a, a bargain. Exactly, and that's definitely a chance. So he could be an absolute uh, bargain in you know a month or two uh, in fantasy. Uh, yeah, that's probably what to watch out for, apart from Arrow, if you want to get him. I mean, Arrow was an awesome scorer last year for two-thirds of the season, mm. half a season, and then uh, had an injury around Origin. Was it back injury or something? Well, he had back spasms troubling yeah. him, I think, before Origin and yeah. then aggravated, and his workload was just massive and, um, yeah, ended up missing some games and had a, quite a few games where he went off as well. So if he's injury-free this year, then potentially he's... Um, you know, discount from from what his his ceiling is makes him a attractive prospect. Uh, and the Raiders, a little bit of value potentially on opposite offer. Chance Nickel Clockstat over from the Warriors to play fullback after Jack Whiten's move to six. Um, was he about three sixty, three eighty? Um, he is, yeah, so three eighty. Yep. Bit of a, a mid range option, one worth looking at. Bally Simonson debuts on the wing. Probably worth mentioning that Michael Oldfield is unavailable with, is it a groin, groin strain? Yeah. Um, and available, you would think, uh, next couple of weeks? I think, ne- yeah, next week. He was, yeah, racing the clock to be fit this week. So, yeah. so there's no guarantees that Oldfield 
comes in for Bailey Simonson, especially if Simonson plays well. Um, wasn't that impressive in the trials, yeah. but he's got a lot of potential. I think a um, rugby sevens over in New Zealand, um, certainly a good attacking player, but hasn't really shown it um, so far at Canberra. But also Jordan Rupner, the originally slated for about yeah. a round 12 return, now talk of round eight or, or round yep. six or even sooner. So might not be long enough for, um, for Bailey Simonson, unfortunately. In the forward pack, um, English recruit John Bateman starts at lock with um, existing players Josh Papali and Sia Soliola, who've both played lock previously for Canberra. They're the new props in the absence of Shannon Boyd and Junior Paulo, who've moved to different clubs. Um, Silva Havili keeps the hooker bench spot um, behind Josh Hodgson. Ryan Sutton, another English recruit on the bench. Jersey 17, Corey Horsberg, a mm. lot of people won't know a lot about, but he was fantastic in the trials. He was there. They basically named a reserve grade team against Parramatta, and he was probably their best forward. Um, he was good against the Bulldogs as well. Big, rangy, angry redheads, so mm-hmm. he's uh, he's one to watch out for. Yeah, Horsberg's kind of got the spot that a lot of people thought might go to Emery Gula uh, or Royce Hunt was very popular as well. Mm. They've both missed out on, uh, I think, the entire 21. So mm. They have, and Luke Bateman, who I think all of our predicted teams had at least in the 17, yeah. um, is in the reserves list as well. Yeah, so. um, along with Jack Murchie, who I think, did he debut last year? He was certainly in the 21 yeah, a few times. Played. Yeah. Um, plenty of potential for him as well, along with uh, JJ Collins, formerly JJ Felice, uh, is also in the reserves list. Yeah, so a lot of depth in those uh, middle mm. forwards, especially when they've got um, Soliola and Papali playing up front uh, and Bateman at lock. Yeah, it's hard to break into those um, you know, big minute middle positions. So those cheap guys probably aren't going to get that many minutes, even if they do get a spot in the bench uh, coming up, if the Raiders' starting pack looks like that uh, long term. Charles Nickel-Clogstad is the obvious cheapy. Um, not incredibly cheap, but plays fullback. You know, gets tackle breaks, should be the kind of player who could score well uh, in fantasy with that role. Uh, Simmonson, as you said, probably one to steer clear of. That's just about it as far as I can tell. I mean, mm-hmm. Nick Kotrick potentially is a great fantasy scoring uh, winger. Um, led the league in tackle breaks last year, so it's not sure like did. he can improve that much on that, but um, could do that again. And, you know, Leilua has been a star at times in fantasy before. He's without Rapana, which... Yeah. One of the most up-and-down players, I exactly. think, in recent fantasy history, but he certainly can do it. Um, should we get stuck into some questions? There are a few questions. Because so there we were many. Uh, there's absolutely no way we're going to get to all of them. So I'll just make a quick public service announcement. If there's more than one or two questions in one tweet, or if I can't understand what you're talking about, <laughs> you've been skipped over this week. Apologies for that. We'll start with Paul Burns. Uh, if Matt McKilrick signs with the Eels, is Reed Marnie a sell? Um, and cheap replacements for Stimson. Um, Reed Marnie we sort of covered but um, yeah I don't rate him yeah this year I don't think yeah I think the McCurric news is a worry I mean even the the idea that Paramount is looking for other options at Hooker suggests that they're not settled on mm. Marnie as an 80 minute option for the whole season so yeah a bit of a scare there there are probably other options it's unfortunate because he was the one kind of real mid-range you know cheaper option for Hooker that mm. people were looking at so um probably safer to look elsewhere uh, obvious cheap replacements for Stimson there's a whole bunch of those um, centre slash second rowers that uh, fit the bill same same price really Capewell maybe Sione Metaudia we mentioned a few others so yeah re-listen yeah. to the first half of this pod for <laughs> and Reese Stimson I think he's definitely a sell even if he's back in the next few weeks just go for one of the cheaper guys we mentioned like a Luke Garner or a 
uh, Jacob Host. Yeah, safer option. I mean, he's got a back problem, which could be nothing, but it could be a nagging thing that, as we mentioned, um, you know, Arrow had back issues last year and it kind of dogged him for several weeks. So, yeah, maybe one to steer clear off at the start of the season. NRL fantasy nerd, what to do with Tavita Pango Jr. now that he's on the bench. Uh, I had him in my early team drafts. I now think he's a massive avoid. Yeah, I agree. I mean, minutes are a complete lottery. We've seen, you know, Kikau last year for the Panthers was an awesome scorer, even when off the bench, but you can't rely on that necessarily. And it's hard to see Pangai improving significantly on last year if he's a bench player this year. Batista Lombardi asks, I'm putting Katoni Staggs in for Zach Lomax. Is that a yes or a no? It's, it's a, a no. no for me. Definitely and a no, no for Dom. Easy one. Easy. Um... What do we got? Hayuga asks, when will Isaac Luke be expected back? Pretty soon. Yeah, it is pretty soon. Is it a week or two? Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, he's just about back, so don't get too attached to Nathaniel Roach. As good of a young player as he is and as happy as I am to see him back after his yep. injury ruin in 2018, he's uh, going to be out of the starting side pretty soon. Uh, Jack Ziard asks, Mahoney or Radley for the bench? Reed Marnie, I should say. Uh, yeah, I think Radley... Um I'm still holding out hope that he can improve enough to be a, uh, a real moneymaker. Uh, even if he doesn't, he'll make a bit of cash and score 40-something points a week. Uh, Marnie could still do that, but the minutes question is going to hang around for, for a while. Yeah, Radley of those two for me. Kurt Eckert asks, what are your thoughts on Kahu at fullback and what's your best cash cow? Uh, Kahu, I think I like. His scoring hasn't been great in the past, but just don't have too high expectations on that. Uh, be happy with 30s, and he's fine. Uh, best cash cow, um, Dylan Brown. Uh, I'm basically the same, except I'm not getting Kahu. I'm scared off by his previous points per minute record, but yep. yeah, Dylan Brown for me is the best cash cow. Uh, Kobe Bradley asks, who's more important on the bench, Reed Marnie or Aidan Tolman? So many Reed Marnie questions. And is <laughs> there security for Ravalawa and Garrick? Well, we've talked about Marnie, but Tolman um, on the bench, I do... Uh, quite like, I think. Yeah, I mean, you're doing pretty well if you've got him on your bench. There aren't that many high-scoring forwards unless you're going for Fafita and uh, Tapao. But yeah, Tolman, I like. Um, he could score 50 points a game. If he scores just under that, that's still all right for his price. So yeah, like that. Um, security for those rookie wingers, I mean... That's always going to be a question for rookie wingers. It's hard to really know at this point. Yeah, if you um, if you have a shocker and you keep dropping high balls, you're going to be out of the team pretty quick. I think I like Ravalawa because he's basically got there on yep. merit. There's not someone coming back from injury to take yep. his spot. So if he plays good, he's going to stay. Garrick, as we mentioned, could potentially be the odd man out when Turbo comes back. I suspect he won't be. Um, and if he plays well, he could find himself in the centres down the track, which is potentially which good for be. his scoring as yeah, well. Best case so, scenario. Yeah. Um, he's not the most secure, but he's certainly not the least um, Thomas asks Sean Lane minutes and for feeder or Jake Travojevich? Uh 80 for Sean Lane so you can be fairly confident of that and uh, I think I've got Fafita, you've got Jake, or you've got both? I've got both somehow okay. at the moment. Um, if, if I was just taking one it would be Fafita but um, yeah you can't go wrong with either. Um, the starting block. Why is no one talking about Jack Bird as a fantasy cheapie? I thought lots of people were talking yeah, I think about they are. Jack Bird. As we a didn't mention cheapie. him I don't think in the 
um, Broncos rap too much. But, yeah, the potential's there. Uh, he scored poorly last year. He really needs to – I mean, it's a simple one. He just needs to play better than he did. He mm. was injured last year as well. But even when he was on the field, he didn't uh, play great or score great. Um, Anthony Seabold's talked him up a little bit in the preseason mm. already. Hopefully he can get back to what he was uh, at the Sharks when he was a bit of a breakout star. So, yeah, a lot to like. He's very cheap. Um, he's a better player than what his price tag suggests. So, uh, mm. yeah, it's one of those cheap centers, you know, there's a lot of cheap centers, but yeah, he's one of the good ones. Yeah, I've had him f- right from my draft team through to now, um, and never really considered getting rid of him. I think he's pretty safe, assuming he's fit and, and doesn't get injured. Um, priced at twenty-ish, twenty twenty-one, I think. Um, he's never scored worse than I think thirty-three in a season until last year's injury hit time at, at Brisbane. So if he gets back to even his normal Cronulla centre form. Um, let alone, I think, his first season, he averaged 46, playing a lot of 5.8th and fullback. But even just at centre, you'd have to think he's up for a you know 12-point boost on what he's priced at. And we've just seen Anthony Seabold turn the Rabbitohs into the best attacking team in the comp last year. He's got a very talented team at Brisbane, so they could be scoring lots of tries, which helps all their outside backs. So, yeah, a lot of potential there in Bird. Uh, Killian Amini is looking at the wing fullback options of Campbell Graham, Nick Meany, Charles Nickel Clockstat. This was before team list, so Nick Meany is a scratching. Um, don't mind the other two. I don't see enough upside for Campbell Graham. Um, I'm looking at Nickel Clockstat, but I think I'm leaning to other options at the moment. Yeah, Nickel Clockstat, out of those three, um, I would like him to be, to be a little cheaper, but mm. you know, it should be a pretty safe bet, I think. Has he played fullback at NRL level before? He played mostly on the wing. So He's priced basically as just a winger. Exactly, yeah. Um, so the theory is that he'll, his scoring will just go up by virtue of the fact he's playing in a higher scoring position, which fullback is, and he can bust a few tackles. So there's a little hope in that, but his position looks pretty safe. Um, and hopefully he gets 30s for a while, maybe mm. a few big games. Yeah, you'd think so. Lauren asks, Momorowski, yes or no? Uh, it's a no for me at the price. Uh, yeah, also a no. Didn't play much last year, but played enough minutes to unfortunately be priced, uh, I think, in the 400s. So um, no dice for me. Um, um, <laughs> Classic Beanos asks, who's the most reliable pick for captain out of Tapao, Fafita and Travojevic? Mm, most reliable, reliable maybe Travojevic. Yeah, most consistent, I think, for yeah. sure. Um, Fafita can hit 40s, which is fine, but not what you want. But he can also hit 70s and 80s more than probably any other big man in fantasy. So I still probably like him the most. Um, just have to cop the odd 45. This is where getting someone like a Cameron uh, Smith or Damon Cook in previous years where you can pretty much rely on 50s every week and then once in a while a massive score uh, does really help. But over the course of the season, any of those guys will do the job all right, I think. Uh, Chris Woody asks, what do you make of the new Tigers front rower? How long is he going to stick around for? Uh, this is in reference to Thomas McKayley, who's a debutant. Um, highly rated at the club and, and did well during the trials. Bit of a bolter for round one, but appears to have got there on merit. I don't really see um, anyone coming back from injury or suspension to take his spot, so it's sort of up to him if he keeps it as to how many minutes he get uh, gets is another question. Yep. I uh, agree with all that. Um, hard to you know, bank on a lot of minutes or points from bench prop, but uh, otherwise, yeah, signs look good. Alessandro Tolocca asks, uh, if both are named to start in the second row, Sione Matadia and Kurt Capewell must-haves for the centre position. Um, probably not must-haves. Not must-haves. Decent. Yeah, um, both have... They're both in a very similar situation. I think their prices are around the same, both priced at about 30 points a game. Uh, 
because last year Capewell played uh, times as a bench player. Uh, Sione Mutadia was a centre, so um, yeah, they could both improve. They should both hit around 40. Uh, Capel's had a massive game in the past and it scored really well, so he's probably a slightly safer bet. Plus, he doesn't have uh, Sione Mutadia's concussion issues, but yeah, both mm. could be. if they're your starting centres, that's that's fine, I think. Capel's a member of the 100 club, isn't he? Definitely. Um, yeah, I've got Capewell. Don't currently have Sione, but I can certainly make an argument for him. Um, Stefan Edge says, I have Sean Johnson and Adam Kieran as my halves combination. What are your thoughts? Um, it's not bad. It's not bad. They could have been t- teammates in another world if, <laughs> if could Sean have been. stuck around. Uh, yeah, Sean Johnson we haven't really mentioned at all. Um, he's, been a, he's been a fantasy gun in the past. It's, it's a real question mark how his scoring goes mm. uh, at the Sharks. He's not necessarily the go-to standout playmaker anymore as he was for his entire career at the Warriors. They've got Matt Moylan, who's a very gifted playmaker. Chad Townsend can run the show as well. So um, he could score great, but he could score, I don't know, 40 a game for a while so especially mm. at a new club so uh yeah a bit of a lottery there he's not particularly cheap or anything so it's a bit of a point of difference um kieran yeah. yes if you are talking about those as being your starting halves pairing i think i prefer dylan brown as a starting half to adam kieran they're both yep. in my 25 currently but um uh, i think kieran's in my non-playing and and brown starting so um one to look out there um Fourth Justice asks, is uh, Aiden Caesar's workload likely to increase enough to make him worth a look? Uh, Surely not. I wouldn't think so. I mean, in theory, I can see it if you go wide as a fullback playing at 5'8", but... Is that any different to Blake Austin? Not really. I mean, Caesar's fantasy scoring just hasn't been there for the last few years. Bit of a leap of faith to hope it's going to happen this year. Um, Question that came in before team list. No, I'm not even going to... Answer that one. Asking entirely about players who haven't been named. Okay. Um, Will asks thoughts on Josh Hodgson as a starting hooker option and potential keeper. A lot of people like Hodgson. He's obviously a great player. I don't really just as I've, I've kind of got him in that bracket of players who are great in real life, great in NRL, mm-hmm. and don't really convert it to fantasy just because of the style of player they are. So uh, it's a no for me. I mean, he should improve on a season when he came back uh, from a serious injury, but beyond that, I don't see him joining those elite hookers. You? Um, I liked him as a buy. There was a point where he came back from injury um, was it last year he's back from the ACL yeah. um, and he was a bit discounted um, but yeah other than that I, I think with Havili on the bench I know Hodgson you want him out there as much as possible he's potentially um, an 80 minute player but um, yeah I don't really rate him as a fantasy buy I don't think he's safe enough um, I'm suddenly having laptop issues do you have any access to any further questions that are on the end of this tweet uh, look I'm lost between which ones you've already asked and which ones are still still to come so what do we reckon to wrap that up that's what I was going to say we're back up and running but I think that's the end of the questions anyway I'll just go through loaded one more John Maloney is Luke Garner a viable option for a cash cow second row even though in his trials he had a PPM of 0.78 across 50 minutes that's the best research question we've had today very statsy I still like him as an option um, yeah uh Chris Lawrence is out for a while, as we've said. He should have that starting spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, until then, if he plays well enough, um, he did get a try in a, one of the trials. I think he had one game where he would have 
piled up a few fantasy points, probably mm. 50. So, uh, yeah, wouldn't write him off because of his um, trial performances by any means. So, yeah, I like him. Agree. That brings us into the questions, into an absolutely action-packed round one NRL fantasy podcast. We will be back for another one of these um, after the next Tuesday team list when we'll have a, also a whole weekend of footy to talk about. So there'll be another massive podcast. Uh, until then, good luck getting your teams ready. Um, remember, infinite changes this week until the lockouts start happening. After that, you've got to start using those precious, precious trades. So um, do some research and hopefully we all get it right and we'll speak to you next week.